back. It's been a, it's been a minute, as the young people say, David. <laughs> yeah, please tell me what they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still learning that every day. And uh, the Wise Up Podcast is back, I think. If I'm correct, I could be wrong. This is our 10th episode. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, no longer have our sidekick, Marcus. Wish him well. Yes. Uh, today I've got a very interesting guest. I wouldn't even call him a guest. I'd just say we're someone to jam with. Uh, I play music, so I'm playing the guitar and you're playing, what do you want to play, the bass or uh, the I, drums? I, 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 the I don't know. I think I've always played a pretty mean air guitar. <laughs> okay. Well, two guitars, I guess you can jam with two guitars. Uh, but you're an interesting guy, and, and, and I just found out something new about you a couple of minutes ago that about the pawn shop, and I already knew yeah. you were you dabbled in being a stand-up comic, which takes a lot of nerve, and that's not something a lot of people can say that they do as a hobby, and I know that uh, you're in the real estate game, the automobile game. So before we get started, I'd like you to tell our listeners who Dave cribs is wow that's a great question uh maybe someone who's uh, unfortunately obsessed with wanting to do everything right that's why i've maybe uh have been in these different ventures but um i love experiencing things uh i see something i want to do it and i think oh my gosh there's like why wouldn't why wouldn't i go do something i i often wonder that about people in general like you know, people that have these, you see, you know, maybe a routine, they get into the kind of the, the routine of life. And, you know, that's great if you're happy with what you're doing. But I think so, so many people want to experience other things, but they just feel like, oh, well, I can't do it now. Or, you know, I, I wish I could do that. I just don't have time. I'm just not a big believer in that. I think that you can do many things, you know what I mean? So, um, so a little bit about me, I don't know. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a Florida native, uh, <laughs> fresh out of school, went in the military for five years. Now I have a son that's serving and, uh, spent a career in the automotive field. Um, and then, you know, kind of segued into real estate and yeah, dabbled in a little comedy and also partnered in a pawn and jewelry store for, for, for many years. <laughs> I'm sure there's more that you, you haven't shared with me. Those are just <laughs> sort of the main things that stand out. But yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot. But, uh, you know. Just to add to the statement you made about people not pursuing different things, I guess it's like being adventurous in your life, like you would be maybe on vacation. You know, there's certain kinds of people that will just do everything, you know, jump off cliffs, skydive, take helicopters over the Grand Canyon. And there's other people that just sit in the room and watch Green Acres because that's who they are. And you were kind of questioning why people wouldn't take a, a bite from all the fruit that life throws at you. And it's just limiting beliefs, you know, that we're going to talk about today. That, that's a great segue into you have a certain software that's unusual compared to an operating system that the masses have that I believe that were created by school, mainstream television, news, well-intended family has put an operating system in our heads that doesn't serve us and somehow you've escaped that. Well, it's funny because I think you nailed it right with that, right? Like I, I sort of feel like the scripts are often written for us in, in some ways, right? We're molded to think that this is the definition of what your life should potentially look like, uh, whether that comes from parents, like you said, media, uh, society. And I just feel like 
my life really has no rules in a sense. I mean, as long as we stay away from things that are mm. illegal immoral, and unethical yeah. for me, everything else is up for grabs. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about being alive today is we have more information at our fingertips than the president of the United States had in 1970. A uh, hundred years ago, this would be considered magic. The things that we have yeah. available to us, the for information they're really like our friend Jim Ziegler says, it's not a knowing problem. It's a doing problem. There is no excuse for not knowing anything with chat, GPT, Google, um, social media, how just amazing people will contact you through DMS where we didn't have any of that even 30 years ago. Yeah. So it really is a doing problem. And that's sort of one of the goals of this podcast is to a make people aware of some of the things that have to have worked for me. And then, uh, if one person takes action in that direction, then I feel like, uh, we served a good purpose. Yeah. Well worth it. In fact, you know, uh, when you, when you talk about what we have at our fingertips now, uh, it, it, for me, I, I feel like it provides now opportunity it levels, the playing field, right? Like mm -hmm. everyone has opportunity now. Like, you know, when you look back in history, you think about, okay, if you wanted to be a movie star, you had to move to Hollywood mm -hmm. and pay your dues and try to make it and figure things out. Now you could be a movie star literally mm -hmm. in, in your third bedroom. Make your you, own you movie with, I mean? with an iPhone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you can get a microphone, mm -hmm. a, a, a camera or a phone rather, mm -hmm. you can do everything on your iPhone. Yeah. So like the opportunity now for people to get exposure and, and for us in general as humans to be able to recognize real talent, you know, uh, constantly, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it is. It's a great time to be alive. Like I just said, with everything that we have, imagine what it's going to be like another 10 years from now. It's just gonna, I can't even imagine what lies ahead and well we world, won't have to meet in the studio because we'll just beam back and forth yeah we'll just like have glasses on or something and we'll be doing it from our house i don't know but anyway let, let's get right into it today's yeah. podcast um topic the genesis of it is um I'm, i've been a I've been a power walker lately uh i have a black labrador now that gets me up at five o'clock every morning in, a, in an aggressive way <laughs> and i've been walking like crazy and i am walking some of the greatest exercise i believe i was recently in italy and i was struck by the amount of elderly people who are so nimble flexible and have tons of energy and i discovered that it's because they walk all the time <clears throat> they're not like not like america that has all the luxuries they walk all the time and i also know that running's really bad on your knees um no not hating on runners out there but do the research the body wasn't designed to have all that hard pounding so anyway, I'm going on a rant. This is going to be a long podcast. I can see that already. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a serial podcast listener on my walking. And um, Tim Ferriss' podcast is one of my favorite podcasts where he deconstructs all the things that make incredible, accomplished people, what makes them tick. And a guest that, that he had on his show recently was Morgan Housel, who I'd never heard of before. He's a financial expert has his own podcast, thought thought leader, and uh, recently he recently turned me on to Charlie Munger, who is uh, Warren Buffett's right hand man. So I've been listening to a ton of Charlie Munger and a ton of Elon Musk lately, and I must say that's just 
So interesting. I know a lot of people want to listen to Motley Crue when they're out on their iPods, uh, but Motley Crue isn't going to teach you anything. It's worthless, okay? You do two things at once. You get exercise, walking, and you get to learn something. So anyway, so on the podcast, one of his podcast episodes, so I started to listen to this guy because I was interested in his content, was just random, random unconnected topics summarized as simply as I can things that I believe and I hope this doesn't come off self-serving or arrogant. Uh, truly, I just put pen to paper of the core things that I believe, David, and, it, and they don't even have to be true. I don't care if they're true because if I think they're true and they make my life better, um, what, what's the harm in that? Yeah, I don't find any harm in that. I, I find something refreshing about that because I, 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 I can connect with that. I think each of our listeners probably can as well because there's truths that they have that it doesn't really matter what other people necessarily think or believe. If it's, if it's positive for them, if it's, if it's inspiring to them, if it's a catalyst for them to move in a certain direction and get a positive result, then by all means. Right. That's, that's good. That's a good belief. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that would disagree with a lot of the things you might even today and have a, please speak up because I'd love to have, oh, the, I will. I won't the, have the texture of that. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Uh, what you focus on happens. Now that, that comes right out of a lot of these are going to come right out of the Tony Robbins world. And this isn't just some quote that I saw, uh, on Instagram, I've been to many of his seminars, and it's really the cornerstone of a lot of the philosophies surrounded, surrounded around Tony Robbins, which I would add is l likely the single greatest thing of me and, uh, and my wife and I have done for my family is attend those events. And that uh, what you focus on happens is, is I couldn't, I can't emphasize enough how that could be in a negative way if you're someone who always focuses on what's missing, who focuses on being the victim, who focuses on the challenges of things, consequently, I believe there's a dark cloud that will constantly be floating around you and you're just going to have bad luck. Your car is going to break down. Your relationship is going to break down. It's like, it's like a magnetic energy that just follows you around of negativity. And on the flip side of that, if you focus on what's good, you focus on what you appreciate to know that Warren Buffett would give away 100% of his billions of dollars to be your age, David Cribbs. He would do that. Right, right. Now, waking up with that philosophy of appreciation to say, wow, I've got something worth billions that I live in America, that I'm free. I could go on and on and on. So do you have, do you have any, because uh, we're going to go through these in no connected order. Do you have anything you want to you add to what you focus on happens? Well, a hundred percent believer in that. And then I think when we, when we really recognize, you know, some of the things you talked about, like the way each person, person to person thinks about it, right? We can see some extreme people who are just, you know, off the charts, focused on positivity. You think of someone like Joel Osteen, you know, where it's just, you know, everything he's literally, I think, smiling the entire time he's talking and the focus is always positive, 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 right? But then you also meet other people 
where you're like, you know, you can spend some time with them and you're like, I got to get out of here. I mean, this, this, this person's bringing me down, right? It's like <laughs> everything goes from a positive to a negative. Right. And, and, and it's funny because we're both, we're both, you know, in a sales background professionally and you see it so often in salespeople, it's kind of easy to pick out with salespeople because it's like, Hey, we got this great opportunity. Look at all these leads. Oh, these leads suck. You know, mm. it's like two different perspectives of how you look at something. Uh, but I will tell you what came to mind when you first said that about, you know, you go the direction you're focused in. I'm going to connect with some motorcycle riders out here right now, I bet. But it's kind of like when uh, when you learn to ride a motorcycle, right? And they tell you, you know, no matter which way you're turning that wheel, wherever you want to go, you have to look right. for the spot where you want to go. And it helps you maneuver that that motorcycle follows you, which is kind of a weird concept logically, right? That the motorcycle is going to follow you. But it's, it's scary. so true. I know what you mean. On race car driving school, it's the same thing. You're, what he means is you're not looking where the car is going at 180 miles an hour. You're looking where it's going to go. And somehow your body and hands and senses just take the car there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It is crazy amazing. That's so, a great analogy. Yeah. Well, I have my moments. I like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and uh, and you know, it's funny you brought up uh, you brought up some people there, and the one that stood out for me, there, you know, some amazing names there, but uh, Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk right now could reshape cultural culture as we know it, modern culture. In fact, I would argue he is doing it in yes. real time. If and, you're watching, and just him, to make this podcast just complete directives listen to the joe rogan's three interviews with elon musk i mean they're three hours each and they're on every subject in the world it's absolutely fascinating he is such a brilliant person whether it talks about politics technology society i mean he's somebody i think whose opinion you can trust that it isn't coming from some partisan area or some marketing thing it's strictly that he it's almost like make the, things better it's almost like there's a separation you get lost in the fact that this is a guy who's one of the richest men on the planet right so and when's the last time that we had direct access publicly in media on a on a especially in such a transparent right you know way um when's the last time that one of the richest men on the planet men or man or woman that you have access to on a regular basis and also throw in there, by the way, his youth. Yeah. Um, who's, and probably not very influenced by much when you don't need anything, no, right? No. So you're getting some raw truth and what he is sharing, he's calling out things like, for example, you know, college education and what that really means in today's society and how, you know, corporately, corporately he has changed dynamics in America is changing the dynamic on that outlook. Um, I, mm. So, and I could yeah. go deeper into that. But. In a world where you really can't trust the news because they have an agenda behind it, I think he's might be the only voice that I think he's qualified because he's so well read. He's been all over the world, and he's such a. I mean, he's he's a brilliant mind. You know, he he's not like yeah. most people that he he's able to take topics like the environment, Israel, or other really one side or the other type of uh, topics and really break them down as to what really is happening. Yeah. Not only that, but something I think that doesn't ever get mentioned <clears throat> is the fact that when you are not only as well known as he is, but, you know, running companies that are state of the art companies on the edge of, you know, mm. changing 
you know, the economy as we know it. And then also um, on top of that, uh, being one of the wealthiest people on the planet, mm-hmm. I go back to that because the underlying thing that never gets talked about is the fact that this guy is privy to things most people will never be privy to. Mm-hmm. Even celebrities, even people that have money, he's mm-hmm. on a level that he's able to receive, see, and get information from world leaders. Mm. You know uh, that we that, that to me that in itself can change. Maybe how you should listen. And he doesn't give two shits about anything. And he strictly talks about why he bought Twitter is because the message on Twitter, I'm not going to get into the politics of this, but the message that was on Twitter Twitter was representative of a very small group of extremely uh, one side or the other type of information. And that didn't really reflect what was really happening. It aggravated him so much that he spent billions of dollars to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was his whole purpose of buying it. It wasn't, I mean, it's going to be a, probably a revenue loser for quite a while, but he just thought for, for humanity, it's it needed kinda, to be done. It's kind of cool when people mm-hmm. can do something just based on principle yeah. when, when there's not, yeah. you know, influences that, that, you know, that matter enough. That Did you see where he went down to the border to see what the immigration thing was really like? Not what the news was reporting. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I heard a little bit about yeah. it, but no. I'm not sure. I didn't d- dive deep enough into it to get the outcome of his thoughts on it, but the fact that he just showed up down there just to see it firsthand was kind of cool. Yeah. But I, I could go on forever on yeah. Elon Musk. But again, Spotify, Joe Rogan podcast, three episodes in the last three years, Elon Musk, go for a walk, listen to them. Awesome. That, this next uh, random unconnected topic connects and lists specialized knowledge. So there's somebody that has specialized knowledge on so many things. But my thought on specialized knowledge comes right from the book Think and Grow Rich, where the story of Henry Ford, who um, we all know is one of the greatest inventors of all time. And even back in the early 1900s, in the days of Henry Ford, the media uh, tried to bring people down that have that were making hay and start and creating good things. So there was an article written, I don't know, New York Post or some newspaper that Henry Ford was actually an idiot. And uh, Henry Ford was so upset over that he sued them. But in order to win in court, he had to prove he wasn't an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so he got in court, and this story is in Think Grow Rich. Uh, and the attorneys for the newspaper started asking him questions. Who won the war of 18 blank? Who was the general of the war of all these facts? And Henry Ford stopped and says, I'm not going to know the answer to any of these questions. But you see those guys, in the, those bald guys with the glasses on and the suits in the back of the courtroom? Yeah, I see them. I can pick up this red phone and ask them any question, and they can give me the answer to it anytime I need. And the lawyer for uh, the, pros- the defendant lawyer in the, in the civil case was dumbfounded by the answer to that. Like, was he, was he really an idiot or was he resourceful and enlisted specialized knowledge? So the way I've used specialized knowledge is anything that I'm trying to maximize. That's for, say, for example, in the automobile industry, which you know a lot about internet lead handling. I'm going to seek out the greatest internet lead handling individual or company that I can find. And once I, I'm sure that that's, that is them, I'm going to model them. I'm going to study them. I'm going to read every piece, every article that's ever been published about them, every quote that they've ever said, 
every interview podcast. I'm going to go on the podcast app. I'm going to search their name. I'm going to listen to that interview and I'm going to take notes. And then I might even DM them and convince them to come to my store and teach. And I've done that. I'm talking about a guy that I saw. It started with a uh, internet battle plan, 20 group seminar somewhere out on the East coast. And this 45 minute presentation from someone was just mesmerizing and not long after I contacted this person and not long after that, I flew this person to our store to meet with our team for four days. And to this day, he's a very good friend of mine now. So there's a lot of that is specialized knowledge as opposed to somebody who's selling a book on lead handling, who's never really been boots on the ground in a store that's turned a store from nothing to a great store. They see that, that kind of specialized knowledge is what I'm obsessed with finding, whether it be in my personal life or uh, that. And again, that comes right out of Tony Robbins and modeling. Find someone who's getting the results that you want, study them, and then practice your face off. David? Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things to unpack there. One is I go back to that thought process of how cool is it? We talked about it earlier, but how cool is it that you have the ability to find that person, right? Easily. Right. Uh, like, yeah. like it's so Internet. easy now exactly. to, to find the real deal, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, but the second is, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, there's, I think that, you know, we're in a world obviously of gurus and mass media and, you know, and we can talk about, some, some people can just speak well, right? So, mm, right. so they can pull it off. Right. But when you start to look at, you know, who's doing this in real time, who has actually been in the seat and not just had the, the, the recipe, but actually had to bake the cake, right? Who's done that? You, you want know? to meet the person that lost the hundred pounds in six months. Exactly. Not the person who's selling a book on how to do who it. Who wrote never the diet. Been, yeah, right. Yeah, who no. wrote the formula. Right. And I think weight loss and body transformations are a great example that you can use in any situation you're in that just shows you the the grit following a program that it they all the all the all the diet programs work by the way yep <laughs> but connecting with someone who lost 100 pounds in 6 months so you can find out exactly every what every day was like and how many how much doubt went in your mind when you saw no progress what did it feel like so what did you do? What did you do? What did you do to be able to talk to that person on social media? You can do that now. Yeah. Okay. So that you just, you, you nailed something there for me as I was listening to you. And one of the things is the underutilization or the, or the, uh, gosh, I don't even know. Maybe it's a lack of awareness of how deep you can go with a real specific specialized knowledge. So let me give you an example. We talked about before the show started, we were kind of bantering back and forth uh, about, you know, some things in comedy and stuff like that, that I've dabbled in. But here's the, here's the crazy thing that I learned when I got into the, the comedy world. I didn't realize that a comedian can make a living off of five minutes and it takes years to get five minutes. In fact, um, we spoke earlier, you, you were referencing Jerry Seinfeld and, you know, yeah. we're, we're both fascinated by him, but I remember in, in an interview that I saw with him a couple years ago, he was talking to Chris Rock, and he goes, he goes, you know what, Chris, how much material, good material, do you think you have? Do, do you think we have at our level? Now, arguably, they're Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the best in the world. They're, they've been through an entire career of entertaining comedy, right? And, they, and, and Chris said, hmm, 
maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours of good content. Now we're talking about a lifetime. Of, we're talking about MVP World Series yeah. player of a lifetime, and they've only got an hour and a half of good <laughs> material. The most famous people yeah. on the planet. And but what it but my point to that is that. Um, you know, I do things in real estate now. And the cool thing was I brought some things from the car business into real estate that worked for me. And I started getting a lot of attention because of that. But I'm not um, I'm not the real estate agent that is going to make the claim that I can do all these different things. Oh, man, I'm the best luxury lister. I do this. I do that. I do that. No, no, no. Hey, you know what I can do? I can put 60 buyers in a home in two hours for you at an open house. Only because I know that I focused on the open house and, 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 and the secret sauce, honestly, is just instead of doing five or six things that a normal agent does to get, you know, a bunch of people there, I do 30 or 40 things to get one person there. Mm. And I'm just going for one person. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that totals up, right? So it's, but I looked at it differently. I looked at it like a car deal or a car sale, mm -hmm. you know, coming from the car business. We, 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 you know, you have a, I don't know what your budget is here, uh, you know, at, a, at, a, at, a, at the size store you run, but I know it's not uncommon to have a $200,000 a month budget for advertising, right? Mm -hmm. And then you place it where you want, whether that's, you know, whatever that might look like. But the point is that, you know, you become by default, if, if you rise to the top in this, in the automotive business and you're running a big store, franchise store, you become by default a marketer, a great marketer. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so that's all that was. But uh, the point though, is that you can leverage just one thing. You don't have to have vast knowledge and be an expert in everything. I think if people really took the skills that they are really ultimately good at and just focused on marketing those particular skills or mm -hmm. leveraging those particular skills to do something, mm. like you said, Henry Ford didn't have all the skills, no, but he had one. Yeah. <laughs> Being resourceful and specialized knowledge. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people. I mean, I would even argue that our podcast tech with us today, Rob, is specialized knowledge 100%. because I lost my person that helped me with the podcast. So I could have spent six months doing it myself. Like a lot of yeah. people can do it. I'm, I suck at that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just, gonna, I'm going to list somebody. First of all, I was resourceful enough to find people who knew people and in very short period of time, I was able to find someone and here we are back on the railroad track. So that's another example of how I use specialized, specialized knowledge all the time. Yeah. The next topic you're going to love because you never heard this story. The, the, uh, the topic is the law of attraction is real. Okay, folks, put, set aside all your, your limiting beliefs on the law of attraction, the secret and all that. I, I don't even know what the secret is, but I know it, it's somewhere on that line. <laughs> this story is going to blow your mind. Victoria's and, got and it. It's a hundred, yeah, it's 100% true, and it involves Dave, and Dave doesn't even know this story. Uh -oh. So can, can Rob play any woo-woo music? Like woo Okay. Well, I have a job after this. Yeah. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do this brief because we've got a lot to cover and I see we've already been using up some time. So I was in, uh, Michigan, let's say seven years ago. And, um, I had an hour and 15 minute commute to work every day and I complained about it. And then people got tired of listening to me complain about it. So I stopped complaining about it and I turned off Howard Stern and I started really getting into audiobooks, podcasts every day for three hours, 
my car was a learning capsule. So my problem was my gift, which was another principle that we're going to talk about later, is that my problem of my long commute turned out to be a gift because I've never learned so much in those three hours a day as I did if I had a 15-minute commute to work. Well, one of the podcasts that I was obsessed with was Auto Dealer Live. Auto Dealer Live was a great podcast with you and your partner, David Villa. And um, I used to love it because there was lots of specialized knowledge on that show. Very successful dealers from all over the country would be interviewed and you talk about different episodes and that kind of thing. And I was really in tune with this um, podcast. Um, I just, everything about it, just the content was, the content that you guys would talk about was very similar to the kind of things that I was working on at the time. And uh, one particular episode in general really, uh, struck my interest. It was about to BDC or not to BDC, I think. And it was actually recorded at uh, a Honda dealership in Tampa, Florida. And you guys were there doing the podcast there. And that's probably the, the episode that I probably listened to the most. And I, I took, I still have the notes from it that mm-hmm. I, I would rewind it, re, fast forward, slow it down and take all those notes from there. And I think, um, you were at John Marazzi's store. Yep. Brand, it was Brandon Honda. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'll give you one guess. Eight years later, where I now work, where do I work, David? <laughs> you work about two doors down. From, I work. I I work next store. door to that store. Yeah. Of all the gin joints, that's so of crazy. all over the world. How did I end up coming here, Literally. becoming friends with you and Dave Villa, who were the hosts of that show, mm-hmm. and that that episode that had that much impact on me? is right next door to the store that I'm working at now. How do you explain that? I, I can't explain it. I, I honestly can't explain it. It's just one of those things. It's like, it's like, you know, going into a Burger King on the other side of the planet and your next door neighbor standing next to you in line. What it's that is, is life days. happening for me, not to me, mm. is what that is. And um, I will defy anyone that doesn't tell me that the law of attraction isn't real. I used to, when I wanted to be a general manager so bad, I would put my hand on the door of the general manager's office. I would park in his parking spot when he left every night just to feel that, right? I wanted Alex Flores, if you don't know who Alex is, is one of the most successful car people in the country, in the world, who came to our store. I wanted him in our store because I wanted his molecules floating around. Now you know why my fingerprints are on your boat. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But that Dave doesn't even know, Villa doesn't even know that story. Yeah, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that, it I mean, is, it it's is crazy amazing. It, it is amazing. It, it, yeah, I uh, could, and I will we'll talk more about that offline with you because yeah. it might bore the listeners. But to me, it's a big deal. Uh, we're going to move on to the next unrelated topic: is small, insignificant changes over time add up to big results? Are you familiar with Darren Hardy and the compound effect? Okay, that's a book that I, that's where I got that from. Darren Hardy, the compound effect, and the philosophy is that small, little, insignificant changes every day add up to big results. Some of the ideas is like park really far from your work so you can get more steps in. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing. If you if you go to McDonald's for breakfast every day, let's take the cheese off, or take the top bun off, or no potato, and see what change that. No, don't change anything other than that because anybody right. could could do that instead of going on a, you know, all vegan diet 
you know, going to the, joining the, the health club boot camp at six in the morning, freezing to death. You wake up the next day, you can't even move. That is not a sustaining thing. Yeah. People are going to lose 40 pounds and they're going to gain it all back. In other words, making these small little insignificant changes that you used to. I remember I used to drink Coke, Coke, Coke. And then we got in a weight loss contest at work. This is like 20 years ago. So I started. Ob obviously. Yeah, obviously. No, just <laughs> no you're in so, great shape. So, <laughs> I just couldn't resist. This, this guy the, is a comedian. A comedy thing. Yeah, you really are a funny guy. <laughs> so I started drinking Diet Coke and it tasted terrible. I know Diet Coke's terrible for you. That's not the point. But then I got used to Diet Coke. And to this day, that's all I drink is Diet Coke. But I did it out of necessity and I got used to it. So you, yeah. in other words, you can get used to these small, little insignificant changes uh, if you're, um, if, if these things are top of mind, you know, it could be saying a kind word, sending a kind text to somebody every day, a small little thing along with parking very far from your work so you can walk more. Then, then it's a game and you start coming up. What other little small incremental changes could I do that I won't even notice that compounded over time will add up to big things. What do you think of that concept? Um, I, I connect to it immediately when you said that because I feel like when I made the transition to real estate, you know, I brought some things to the table, but then I have to learn everything else, right? And um, and now that I've been in it for eight years now, um, I feel like I have a pretty good grip. But it, it, now what I'm doing is every every day, every opportunity, anything I can find, I'm looking for one thing again it goes back to that one right and it's i'm looking for one edge i'll give you an example so um in listing a home you know my big thing is i feel like i drive traffic better than any other agent to a home and i think that is the for me it's the number one responsibility of a listing agent in my opinion is to put people over the threshold of the door, not just views. You know, we get a lot of views through social media, YouTube channels, all TikTok, all those types of things, Facebook posts, we get all those views and that's great because that'll drive traffic too. But when the rubber meets the road, when I list a home, how many people are going to walk across the threshold? Because if I can make that number big, everything else takes care of itself. So now my thought process is what's another thing, another thing I can do. And an agent shared with me recently, and I felt so stupid because I didn't, I was not doing this. But an agent, and, and, and most agents are, are not doing this. But an agent uh, said, you know, one of the things I do, Dave, is when I'm going to list the house on, you know, Thursday night at eight o'clock or whatever. Uh, in we're in Florida, and in Florida, you can't advertise a home publicly that's coming to market before 24 hours before you put it in the MLS. I don't mm. know if you're aware of that. No. That law changed uh, years ago, but uh, basically the coming soon, you can't really do a coming soon unless it's 24 hours before you make it public in the MLS. Why? Who does that offend? Uh, yeah, I know, right? So um, so it is what it is. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. So... Um, so we start launching all of our, our publicity 24 hours before, but one of the tips that she gave me was, Hey, uh, when you take, you know, your for sale sign, the traditional for real estate for sale sign has a post and then you have a sign, right? Um, she said, Hey, what I do is I get my post delivered to the home 
like a week early, and I put the post in the yard with no sign, just the post that holds the sign, because all the neighbors now know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it's brilliant, right? That is brilliant. So um, it sounds so simple. I was like, how come I didn't just come up with that on my own? But now I've Im- implemented that. But it's like you said, it's that it's the one little, you know, adding yeah. one little thing every little, time. Yeah. And then that accumulates into something it spectacular. Does. Over time, the compounding effect, as the book suggests, the compound effect. I guess in summaries, what I'm saying is that health clubs sell way more memberships than they have the capacity for because they know you're not going to show up. It's not something... I have that, one of those memberships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people are not going to, you know, do it at, to the extent... Most people give up. So in other words, if you're that kind of person, just try these little insignificant little things, and then it becomes a game. What can you do today that's... And then keep track of those things. It could be send, like I said, yeah. said send a nice text to your wife once a day or, or spouse or whatever. Um, it could be um, anything, well, just I, something small can enrich your big, life. I think a big mistake that people make is I try to take this out of my, my vocabulary, and it's a little cliche in a way, but the, the word try, right? We've heard mm-hmm. that. But literally, if you listen to people talk and be like, well, I tried that, or I'm going to try this, or I'm mm-hmm. going to try that. No, 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 no. It's even even when when you know in the business that that I came from that that you're you're so well known for in the automotive world, most of the stories of successful car people start with, well, I decided I was going to give car sales a try. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always said to anyone that's going into sales doesn't matter what you know industry, but if you're going into sales, that's usually. How, how people start their their language of letting people know that they're in sales. Well, I think I'm going to try this, or I decided to try this, or give this a shot, right? When the reality is, I say never test drive a sales job. Mm-hmm. Never test drive a sales job. If you're going to do sales or go into something, you need to make the decision, this is what I'm doing for the next mm-hmm. however long. You Commit. Know? Yeah, 12 months, a year, two mm-hmm. years, three years, four years, five years. This is my commitment. We'll see what the results, uh, you know, bear. But to say I'm going to try this out or I'm going to try this, I think, is, is a recipe for the, the wrong approach. I couldn't agree more. And that if we, could do, we could do a whole other podcast on that subject. Um, you know, Grant Cardone that we all know and love, you know, I've gotten a lot of great, inspiring hardcore lessons from him about going, you know, all in on something. And, uh, you know, we, I think it was him that said that most people are dabblers. Yeah. People dabble in this and they dabble in that. And I think the reason why, just like the health club example and the working out, they, they want to work out and then tomorrow have six pack abs. Well, it doesn't work that way. You know, you got to keep doing it and keep doing it. And then one day you look into the mirror and you wipe that fog from the mirror and you go, wow, I got a little one pack going. Right. <laughs> and that's what gives you momentum to get this wheel going downhill yeah. or uphill yeah. or whatever direction. And that's most people never get to that point because we all want the instant gratification, which is why I think technology is almost ruining us because it gets us everything now. Uh, Amazon, you can have it delivered today. You know, we, and we were kids, you know, I, we, I mean, it would take a week, two weeks to get something, right? And the anticipation of that was good. Yeah, it's It great. made life better when you look forward to something. I used to listen to Muhammad Ali on the radio in the living room, listen to a boxing match where now mm-hmm. nobody, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know, that was a big deal. 
So I think technology, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I think technology isn't necessarily making life better in all ways. Um, just the waiting for something and the anticipation of something, you appreciate it more. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Grant. I think he's my biggest influencer. No well, kidding. I, I don't. I don't think it. I know it. Yeah. He, he's he really, um, he really did, inspired something in me years mm-hmm. ago uh, mm-hmm. with when I when I kind of found him and uh, read the ten X rule. Yeah, we have a lot. A lot of the things yeah. we're going to talk about they yeah. come right out of the Grant's playbook. So yeah. look forward to yeah. hearing your thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, just crazy. Um, I don't know if this came from. I think this might have came from Grant, and I couldn't agree more. And it gets me in trouble a lot of times. It's called. Hustle like an immigrant. In the automobile industry or any business where it's commission or your paycheck is a direct reflection of your effort put forth, immigrants do really well. In the automobile business, immigrants do fantastic. And um, there's a lot of reasons for that. Some are unpopular, and I have to watch what I say because my mortgage won't allow me to get canceled. But it just seems like the opportunity that's available for them to, if... um, if I succeed, my paychecks succeed. They love they love that sort of vehicle as opposed to, let's say you're working as a housekeeper at a hotel and you just do a spectacular job of the of the way the sheets are made and and you position things there over and above that they shouldn't have been. That you're you're always going to work that shift that the boss asks you to do, even though you don't want to do it. You're not going to get paid any more than the person who comes in late has a shitty attitude. Yeah. And the automobile business or any sales commission's job, there's a huge disparity. Disparate. What's the word? Dis. Yeah. Dis. dis, dis distance. Yeah. It, start, it starts with <laughs> and dis. Pay, yeah, and paycheck between <laughs> person A and person B. Yeah. And, and in my experience, immigrants seem to have rise to that. Well, let occasion. me let me just go ahead. And More make, so than I, others. I can afford to be canceled. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't think anyone will find this offensive. It's you know what it is is you know uh, when we talk about Americans versus immigrants, someone who's raised in America, um, we're we're unfortunately tainted. We're, we're we're tainted. We're yeah. in the land of opportunity. It's all around us. It becomes it, almost a sense of entitlement. We yes. take it for granted. And when you have someone who's raised in a culture of a different country where opportunity is crazy rare Mm -hmm. and they don't have the opportunities like we do, when they get that opportunity and see it, the light bulb is so big. And then when they They make the most out of it, yeah, they take advantage of it. So Um, the point of this statement is you should write a book, by the way, I'm giving this to you, how to hustle like an immigrant. All right. I think that's a, I don't know, maybe somebody already wrote it, but, but I think you can reprogram yourself to adopt a lot of that, those philosophies. A hundred percent. I think you can. You can. Because you can become any person that you want to be. Um, you can. It's, it comes from a gratefulness, I think, yeah. of every opportunity. If you think about it in the automobile business, I'm going to give you, Johnny, $350,000 a month of advertising that I'm going to charge you nothing for. I'm going to give you a computer, a keyboard, an office staff, millions of dollars of inventory that I'm paying interest on every month, I'm going to give you a facility that has air conditioning and, and heat, free coffee, free newspaper, donuts on Saturday. And all we ask for you is your cooperation and treat our guests like they're the most important people in the world and hit some sales goals. Yeah. What and, a deal that is. Huh? And, and you, get, you get paid. Um, you don't have to wait until you're profitable. Yeah. You get paid today. No risk. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> Trade your expectations for appreciation and your whole life changes. That comes right out of Tony Robbins. So if you were going to 
if I, if somebody came to me and said, Brad, I'm depressed all the time. I just don't know why that, da, 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 which a lot of people feel that way. Uh, one way to get out of that is to, cause you can't be stressed and grateful at the same time. It's impossible. Yeah. So in order to get that hair on your neck to stand up is you, how many things could you think about to be grateful for? I mean, we could, we could spend weeks maybe just yes. to be an American. Yes. Right. Yeah. Just to have the air that we breathe. Yeah. To, I mean, what, why weren't you, why did God roll the dice and not make Dave Cribbs born in Israel or not Israel, but somewhere in a area that has and nothing volatile. but yeah, volatile. Yeah. Why, why was I, why were you born here and not there? Yeah. And that's something to be grateful for. A hundred percent. Right. Freedom. That's yeah. something to be grateful for. Yeah. Right. Your health. Um, you could go on and on your children or whatever, but we focus on the things that we don't like and just completely discount all the things um, that you're, you should be grateful for. So if you, if, you, if you make it an intention to wake up in the morning and just write down all the things that you're grateful for, you're, you can just feel it in your skin. It's like meditating. There's a process that Tony Robbins goes through called priming. And every morning it's a, something that you listen to and you think about all the things that you're grateful for and it's a guided thing where it's not only just things you're grateful for, but just kind of uh, statements about stepping up instead of setting a new standard that make your life a masterpiece that it so deserves to be. Mm -hmm. By the end of that half hour or 45 minutes, you just like completely change your state and you forgot why you were even upset in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, uh, it's funny because you, you mentioned making your life a masterpiece and it reminded me of another uh, Joe Rogan episode. Uh, some clip I saw of him, it's like a promo clip, but he's like, hey, Imagine your your life is a movie, right? And you get to write yourself in as the superhero. Mm. Um, what would it look like? Because you write the script every day. Yeah. And really, we do. And I think you know. I think it's also okay. I would even encourage people to step out a little bit and get off script from your routine, and reward yourself by doing something that maybe you wouldn't normally do just to have that perspective of adventure mm. in a sense. Um, it, I, I think that we get into this routine and if, and also when you talk about appreciation, getting up in the morning and reflecting, not only does it kick your day off, right? But I think some of us, uh, I include myself in this. Sometimes I reflect and go, wow, you know what? I, I haven't really thought about this, but I'm living the dream I had five years ago already. I just need <laughs> new dreams. Right. Yeah. And it's and right. I forgot that I did. I did accomplish this thing that five years ago I was thinking, man, if I could just do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So reflecting on what you have done and kind of, you know, not getting caught up in it, but give yourself a little. Wow. That's that. That's pretty cool. I could do this again with something new. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing that you look back at things like really hard things. And right now you think, God, that was really hard. But then when you were doing it, it wasn't as hard. Right. You get that higher power somehow to be able to deal right. with things when the chips are down. Right. Because that's what humans do. So setting yourself up with enough leverage to convince yourself that there is no, that we're burning our boats. Yeah. That I'm not, not, a, not another day is going to go by with this limiting belief. That I'm, I'm divorcing that old story and from here on out, Boom. So that's what that's what Tony Robbins is all about is creating that leverage in a such a powerful that, way, especially in person. That's the perfect way 
I, I feel like that's the perfect way to wrap it up because here's the thing is that you just mentioned it. Like all this stuff that we've talked about leading up, all these concepts, all these, these you know, things that are inspiring, people that are inspiring, things that we know for fact, right? We just know them. In fact, it's the belief, right? Yeah. Things that we know. But where where I find the difference in people, we talk about, we always look at successful successful people like you're doing and examining, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it. But the one thing that I feel is in common is all of them, no matter what, have made a decision, right? They decided to burn the boat. They decided this is what I'm doing regardless of the result. But I always, I always share with people when I go do a mega open house training, for example, for agents, I'm like, Hey, I just gave you all the recipe and it's been duplicated by, you know, many agents. But the truth is we all know 2% of you are going to do it. Right. Right. And it's not because you don't know. It's not because you want all it is, is a decision. The person who decides they're going to do it and actually just goes instead of talking about our ideas. In fact, if you're listening right now, most of you out there have a great idea or have had a great idea about what you would love to do or something that you want to really kick off and you're just waiting for the right time. Well, that I'm, I promise you, I will never wait for the right time. You've got right. to give yourself permission to fail and just make a decision to go do it regardless of the result. Fantastic. What's funny about this, David, we haven't even got through the first page. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So we've got to do a part two. Please promise that for the next episode, we'll do uh, Things I Believe Part Two because there's just too many. Can I make a prediction? Months. Sure. And we're wrapping up our belief episode, and this is episode, or our series, rather, on yeah, five. episode 564. Yeah, yeah. We'll never stop things, I believe. <laughs> David Cribbs, I believe that we are kindred souls, and the law of attraction that has brought us together. Uh, who knows what the future, what this podcast, having you on there might have, might lead to, it might lead to helping a, uh, a lot bigger people, and uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast. How can people get a hold of you if they're interested in finding a home in the Tampa. Do you only just do the oh, Tampa area or do you? I would say pretty much central Florida, central Tampa Florida. Bay area. Tampa I, Bay area is the main focus, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's nothing for an agent to go an hour or two geographically. Mm. So I would well, say a website Florida. or something or information. I do. You know what the easiest way to find me? Um, I'd love for you to visit uh, the Facebook page and I'll just give you this one under contract live under contract live uh, really invaluable for agents as well. But anyone can reach me through under contract live. Just go on there like our page. So do you do real estate sales training as well as sell retail yeah, homes? Absolutely. And you, I, do, you do both of those things. I do things. both. I do both. Okay, I think so it's important to be actively doing it like we yeah. talked about earlier. And I would, I would say to realtors out there, and I know I have a lot of realtor friends and maybe one or two might listen to this, so I apologize. It's been my experience that there's, very, there's a huge lack of salespersonship in real estate. Being, I'm someone who, in sales who is a serial salesperson a learner and adopter, and I'm just blown away how they don't pick up on some of the hot buttons and really, for lack of a better word, exploit those facts. They're just like opening a door and showing it to you and leave. Yeah. You could benefit a lot by listening to Dave because he has that car business sales background, which will be is exactly what the real estate game needs. So I urge anyone in the real estate game to really want to know how to build value build relationships, 
in the psychology of selling to get a hold of Dave. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Brad. Wise Up podcast in the books. We're going to plead with Dave to come back for part two of Things I Believe. Be careful out there. Hey, now. 